Gregoire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. Welcome to episode 47 of the podcast of the podcast. Of smart enough to know better. Wow. It's the podcast yeah. of science, comedy, and ignorance. I've heard this, but said normally a lot less clunkily. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm Greg Wah. And I'm Dan Beeston. And that, of course, as everyone I'm sure would instantly have recognised, was the wonderful tones of none other than Colin Baker. Ah, everyone's favourite doctor. Everyone's favourite doctor with the best costumes. And the American assistant, who wasn't American. No? She put on the accent and ah. lied. They were saying, oh, we need an American assistant. And she walked in and put on an American accent and lied that she was American. And by the time they worked it out, it was too late. <laughs> nice. Yeah, well done. So well done, done. That means she's a better actor. Exactly right. They, well, and, she could, and she looked good in a, in a crop top. Duh. In an 80s-style crop top. Anyway. No one looks good in an 80s-style crop top. <laughs> so take it off. <laughs> How dare you, Sam? My eyes are up here. <laughs> but that was Colin Baker, the sixth doctor, of course. Thank you, Colin Baker. We salute you. Yes. He had his birthday recently. Did he? Yes, he did. Oh. He did. Well, <laughs> happy birthday to Colin Baker. <laughs> yes, that was very nice. And can I say happy birthday to you too? It's not my birthday. No, but it's the birthday of the podcast. Oh, my goodness. Well, happy birthday to you too, Dan. I know. Oh. We started the podcast pretty much this time. <laughs> First... First Sunday in June. Goodness me, three years ago. We're three years old. Yep. That's like 21 in dog years. We're 21. We're an adult dog podcast. Yeah. There we go. We, we're, we're old enough to drink dog alcohol. <laughs> dog alcohol. From a bowl. But it'd be a really, really cute bowl because it'd be like SE2KB, but the two would be backwards on the bowl because dogs can't spell properly. Yeah. Or, or actually, I'm very numerate in that case. They can spell perfectly S E K B, but the two's backwards. We're a, we're a three year old dog, supposedly. Happy birthday, Dan! I hope when I'm drinking my dog alcohol, no one slips me a woofie. Oh, a woofie! We're, we're better than this. Yeah, I know. I was, I was scrambling. I'm like, what dog related alcohol puns <laughs> are there? That's the best I can come up with. I was actually pretty proud of it until you scorned me. He's still smiling. Because it sounds cute. I mean, it's not a great pun. Who's a woofie? That's funny. That's funny. You say the dog accent, who's a woofie? Ah, brilliant. When you say Shaggy, why have I woken up with no pants on? It's my underwear on backwards. God. Why is he wearing underwear? Backwards. That's a bit weird. Anyway, 47 is a non palindromic number. Strictly, you're really clutching. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. A non-palindromic meaning strictly, meaning strictly non-palindromic. Forty-seven is not backwards. Also, forty-seven. Exactly. It's seventy-four. Yes, but it's not just in base ten. You are such a base tennist. You just think, oh, base ten. I only think of base ten, which is really weird. I'm a base tennist player. <laughs> See, wow, man, I'm really on the puns tonight. You, really, I? you love them. You're, you're a man who works with computers. That's what you do for a living. You think you'd know about base two, Dan? And see, not familiar with the concept. <laughs> What's a, you are or you're not. You are or you're not, Dan. You are or you're not. Stop giving me these ten decisions. <laughs> Stupid joke. A strict, it's a strictly non-palindromic number, but that means that it works from everything from base two right up to two less than the number. So forty-seven is non-palindromic for every base from base two, base three, base four, base five, base six, right up to base forty-five. 
It's non-palindromic. What? what, what? Base 45? Yes, that's right. So I'll give you an example, OK? I'll give you a small example. Why isn't it for base 46? Because that would make it 11. Yeah. Ah, yes. OK, I get it. Think of the number six. Yes. Okay. So from base two... It's like a nine, but upside down. It is. From base two to base six minus two, so from base two to base four, it's non-palindromic. That's how, you, that's how it's going to work. It's strictly non-palindromic. So okay. base two, six is one, one, zero. Base three, six is two, zero. Two, zero. Base four, six is one, two. One, two. Non-palindromic. So that's it. So it's uh, N equals two. That, that's not how you define something. That's a non-palindromic number. And in base five... It, it's 11. It's 11. So Because it, it, it always has to be 11. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's one high. So we now we look at 47. So it has to be non-palindromic from everything from base 2 yep. up to base 45. Yep. So in base 2, 47 is 101111. Okay. And in base 3, it's 1202. Uh-huh. And in base 4, it's 233. Yep. And in base 5, it's 142. Yep. And base 6, it's 115. And base 7 is 6-5, and base 8 is 5-7, and base 9 is 52 or 5-2, and base 10 is 4-7, and it goes on and so on. And it, wow. it never is palindromic. It can never be seen from the same way. That makes it a strictly non-palindromic number. So is it only 6 and then 47? And no, then... no. It's 1, one 2, two three, 3, 4, four 6, six 11, 11, 19, 19, 47, 47 53, 53, 79, 79, 103, 103, 137. Yada, yada, yada. Oh, wow. There are more of them. Oh, that's a really fun number. I've never been introduced to that concept before. Strictly, it's strictly non-palindromic. Now you have learned something. I went to Tasmania. Yay! Tasmania is a lovely place to go. Yeah. Yeah, All the jokes are that there's lots of inbreeding and everyone has two heads and is genetically inferior. Mm. Didn't notice any of that when I was down there. Really nice place. That's that's because they keep underground. No, no, they don't. I checked. You checked. Because that's the sciencey thing that Ooh. I did in the last, since the last podcast. I went underground, went to a wet limestone cave. Uh, it is well known for its caves. Yeah. And so oh, we climbed up and there's all these stalactites everywhere. And it's all the same stuff. It's all the same sort of... It's calcium. Yes. The thing dripped down. It just gets dripped down over tens and hundreds of thousands of years and accumulates on the ceiling, but it all looks different. It's all the exact same substance, but some of it comes down in like a, a hollow straw of stone. Yes. Which is how, very is it, thin. Isn't it depending how far, how fast it drips down? Is that there's right? all sorts of elements to it. Mm. Sometimes there's a build-up on it if there's a splashing happening, so there's a build-up on oh. the side. And when that straw stops being hollow, if something clogs it up, then it starts accumulating along the outside of the straw and forming a, more of the pointy stalactite that you recognise. If you're in a cave and suddenly like an animal attacks, it makes too much noise, all the stalactites fall from the ceiling and stab it to death, that kind of thing. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so, if you're into those 1940 action I series. I am, and oh, I am. Doc, Doc Savage and all the rest, woof. And sometimes it comes out of the wall and oozes in a particular way. Mm. And so it looks like there's hundreds of different things happening in there, but it's all the same substance. Sometimes it's coloured differently. That would be separate chemicals in there or separate elements? Yeah, separate elements. There's a bit of iron in there or something. Mm, Making it red. Making it red. Yes. Caves are pretty awesome. I do love caves. I get to see glowworms. Woo! They They are rare, actually. Yeah, we have some. We actually have glowworms near Brisbane in, yeah. in the um, in the called? Gold Coast hinterland. Yes, that's right. And they, they had natural arch, hidden them away, or yeah, natural bridge, sort of hidden away in there. And they're very awesome things. 
They're kind of horrible little bastards because they glow because they have a big sticky tail. Not a tail, a sticky thread. They drop down there. They go, and then something flies into it. Ah! It eats it. That's how it catches its yeah, Like a Star Wars villain. Well, no, no. It reminds me of the weird barnacly things out of Half-Life. And then they, you're running along. Oh, yeah. Oh, you have to like shoot. And then you shoot like three times. And, go, and it drops like bones on your head. Those things would scare the willies out of me. Oh, it's terrible. Now, you want to hear the science thing I want to promote? I do. <laughs> there is something called the ARKYD, A-R-K-Y-D, and this is really exciting. It's a Kickstarter I think everyone should get behind. It's a space telescope for everyone by a company called Planetary Resources, and they're the people who want to go into space and mine asteroids for different things. But they've come up. They've said, look, we've got all this expertise, but we need a million dollars, and if you give us a million dollars, we will put it into space a space telescope that will be it's only about three feet long so it's about a meter and it'll be up in space and we'll let people use it so classes can use it and you can pay them 20 bucks and you can point it anywhere in the sky and take a picture of any part of the sky and it's it's not an amazing telescope but it's up in space and I love this concept of citizen science I think it's an amazing idea so you can go and do a kickstarter for this and you can put a picture on the side of the spaceship digitally and then they'll take a picture of it for you so you can actually have your picture waving from the side of the spaceship whatever you want or you can do some really good science or your whole class if you're a teacher or a parent who's interested can start doing actual astronomy with a real space telescope it's brilliant so it's an optical telescope it is an optical telescope like a, yes. bit, like a light bucket like yes, yours a big light bucket yes in space exactly right so how much like it's about the same size as yours it is about the same size it would have about the same resolution as an 8 inch doll how yes. much better are the pictures going to be because there's no atmosphere to go through good question they're really good the atmosphere is bloody awful to look through I can barely see you right now. <laughs> That's true. The seeing in Brisbane is awful tonight. When you look into space, when you're not looking into space, of course, you're looking through an atmosphere, a big ocean of kilometres of, of gas above you, and it moves. It moves back and forth. It gets hot. It goes up and down. That's why you get the shimmery star thing. If you went into space and you had the atmosphere to look through, the stars would just be glaring at you. They wouldn't be would like... Would be like that, that, that sort of flary thing going on, or they look like just white circles well they look like colored circles because they are colored most of them are blues oh, yeah. and reds but yes you would have you might i might not pick up on the color because we're not very good at that it takes a while to get the color but you would just certainly you, not mine you just be glare and certainly not mine uh you just be glared at by these stars they would just sit looking very there are very the separate variables that do vary over hours and days but no the actual stars themselves would just sit there and glare at you and that's what's amazing you would have to take your telescope to the top of a very tall mountain like Mount Everest on a very fine day to get even something close. And even then it wouldn't be as good as this. The point is, it's a space telescope they're going to put up there. And you can give them money, which I just think is amazing. You can give me money not, if you find amazing. that sort of thing thrilling. <laughs> but you can give them money. And, and they can, but Smart After No Better has put money in. Sorry, I didn't tell you this. But the Smart, what? Smart After No Better has actually put some money into this. And Where's I, my wallet? <laughs> and we're going to have a picture taken of, of us. And it's all fine. But... You can just give them cash. You just want to go, no, I want to give them cash. And that will actually pay for five minutes of viewing time. You don't even view. What you do is give a scientist, pay them the, basically the five minutes of the wages to look for Earth-destroying comets and meteors. And if they find something in the time that you've given them... On your them, watch. On your watch. They name it after you. Oh, hello. <laughs> now you see where I'm going with this. Oh, God. You know, I'm going to give them tons of cash, just hopefully that they'll find it on my watch. And they'll go, Comet War is coming towards the Earth and will kill everyone. The, the war is quite happy about this now. I'm famous. I'm going to stand under it. <laughs> You'll be the final famous person. Yay!
So that's, uh, but in all honesty, please have a look on the website. By the time that this comes out, you'll have 14 days or so left, two weeks to go. And they've said that if they get to $2 million, they'll be able to do something really interesting as well, which is, you know, the Kepler mission, the telescope, the Kepler telescope that was looking for exoplanets? It was up there. It was looking at. It was staring at a patch of the sky. The cheap one. Uh, it was. That was a really expensive telescope, and it recently died. Oh, it was a military telescope, was it? No, no, no. What? That's what you were, you told me. All the good telescopes are military oh, well, telescopes. They, no, they have. Well, we said before. We said on the podcast that the Hubble telescope, which is the best one we have so far, the military have ones much better than it pointing at the Earth. Like thirteen to fourteen of them pointing at the Earth, and you're like, you sons of bitches, point at the sky, and they're like, we can't possibly make the James Webb telescope because that's two billion dollars. But by the way, we'd like to have more pointing at the fucking ground. Sorry, made me annoyed. Anyway, don't bring that up again. Yes. Sorry, sorry, that was that was meant for the military, not for your ears. They said I'm they sure can... they're listening. <laughs> well, well, yes, Prism. Hi, Prism. That's a different story for a different time. Now, Jay, the Kepler was pointing up into space, and it's recently died. It did its job very well, and it died, and it's found thousands of exoplanets. The Arcid people, if they get $2 million, they will upgrade its, its electronics and its mirror and everything, and they will basically make it look for exoplanets. So what they're saying is we will make this even more useful. So we, if we make it to a million, that's brilliant. It'll go up into space. If we make it to two million, it will be able to do a lot more. And I'm hoping this is the first of many. For a million bucks, think of all the rich people in the world who have a million dollars who go, I don't know what to do with my money. You can put a space telescope and put your name on the side and, and have it open for space. For students, for people, everyday people. Please, go and have a look at the space telescope for everyone on Kickstarter. Put a dollar in, put ten bucks in. Be like Brent Spiner. Data from Star Trek has come forward to support this. And you, everyone loves Data. I learned something the other day which might enthuse you. One of the astronauts who went to the moon, don't know which one, never remember their names anyway, apparently, but one of them went up there and he wrote his daughter's initials in the moon dust. I've heard this, yeah. And then scientists were like, you know, that's going to be there for 50,000 years. Nothing on Earth is going to last 50,000 years. No, people think, why is it going to last 50,000 years? Because it's, it's an interesting point. You go, there's no atmosphere, there's no water, it's a dead rock, it's supposedly cold on the inside, it, may be, it might be slightly molten on the deep parts, but that's a walk of shame maybe. But it's, it's pretty dead, so why is it only last 50,000 years? Micrometeors? Bam, you got it. And also solar radiation also breaks things down. It's really harsh on the surface of the planet. But yeah, you get enough micrometeors hitting things and knocking it over and you start getting little quakes and things. And it'll, in the end, the dust will kind of settle into the hole and it'll be done. But 50,000 years is pretty good. So well done, that daughter. Yeah, she's, yeah. Is she still alive? She might be. 40 years on. She probably is. Hello to you. This is the podcast. <laughs> Hey, a lamp. What is your name? My name is Dan Beeston. You have freed me from my confines. I have been imprisoned by a wicked sorcerer for many eons. As thanks, I shall grant you a wish. Oh, wow. One wish. I'd better make it a good one. Okay. I wish I was rich. Okay. Wait, but but not rich in spirit or something like that. Rich financially. Yeah, okay. Wait, and not like shares that will automatically crash or something. Gold. I want gold. Okay, by my will it will... Wait, uh, and don't crush me with gold. Or turn me into gold. Or all my loved ones or something. What? I, I want to have... Hmm. $500 million... Split between gold bars and legal tender that I don't have to pay tax on, doesn't crush me to death, or otherwise injure me physically. 
or emotionally, or any of my loved ones. What sort of douchebag are you? Huh? I offered you a wish as a thank you. You're treating me like some sort of psychopath lawyer. Oh, I, I didn't mean... You know what the word grant means, right? I... Oh, by Allah, trapped for three eons and the first thing that happens is some wanker implies I'm trying to screw them over. Fine. You want to be rich? By my will it is done! Nothing happened. What is your name? Richard Beeston. <gasps> <laughs> no! So everyone loves sex. Yes. Those who are allowed to have sex and with people who are consenting, that's brilliant. So yeah. I've heard. And <laughs> humans love it. You humans love having sex. Yeah, I'm on board. Uh, no, sorry, I'm not, I, I didn't think you were trying to come on to me. No, no, I'm on board with the idea. <laughs> sorry, I've, I've given you the wrong no, signals. Really I've disappointed you. No, no, I think, I think it's because I'm wearing this crop top. That's, that's the problem. I'm surprised I even noticed your beard. <laughs> <laughs> What's been shown, though, by the Journal of Sexual Medicine... It's a very, very prestigious. That sounds that Netherlands sounds legitimate. from the Netherlands. <laughs> oh, of course, it's from the Netherlands. <laughs> from they, the from the nether regions. From the nether regions of Europe. <laughs> Hello to the Netherlands. We've got people listening. We know we finished people listening. There we go. Oh yeah, that's pretty. Not the same. That's I know that's not the Netherlands, by the way. Please don't write it and say, no, you know the Netherlands are not. The yes, I know where the Netherlands are. It's no, it's not Finland, but they're close. Okay, they're close. That's what I'm just trying to say. Hello to our Finnish yeah. friends. Go for a drive. Yes, visit well, well, beautiful nether nether well, region. Well, you'd probably want to. Go across the Bering Strait as well, and there'd be water. Fire a boat. Fire a boat. <laughs> Fly. The point of this is, it's been shown by the Journal of Sexual Medicine from the Netherlands, is that people who like to participate in bondage discipline and dominant submission and sadomasochistic erotic play are actually characterized as balanced, autonomous, and beneficial personality characteristics. People who, who like kinky sex are actually nicer and better adjusted people than people who like vanilla sex. Well, that, that seems really obvious to me. Does it? Yeah, well, the people who like vanilla sex be all repressed and stuff, ah. and embarrassed about themselves. And oh, I don't feel the, I'm not I'm not comfortable trying out the grasshopper position. <laughs> mm, okay, yeah, so, and, so, that's so, a hard one. That's for advanced users only. <laughs> mm, okay, so the results the the results suggest favorable psychological characteristics of BDSM practitioners compared with other control groups. BDSM practitioners were less neurotic, more extroverted, more open to new experiences, more conscientious, less rejection sensitive, had higher subjective well-being, and yet were less agreeable. <laughs> That's the only downside. Less agreeable? You were less agreeable, yes. Yeah, so Obviously not when you say, hey, would you like to try this with some chains and some butter being, and a ping-pong ball? They go, oh, give that a I'll shot. Give, but being agreeable is that, as in you're not, not you're normally a genial person in, yeah. in, in conversation. But there you go. So if you want to be less uptight, maybe just get involved in some BDSM. Whips yeah, if you want to be less uptight, stones. make yourself open to being tied up. That's right. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but whips and chains excite me. And make me a nicer person, supposedly. Yeah. I'll put the link into the, the notes, but I just want to say that the picture that's in the article is slightly titillating and vaguely not safe for work. Heavens above. It's, um, it's, it's Snow White and an apple. That's all I'm going to say. Snow White and an apple. Yeah, and a couple of melons. <laughs> we are so sexist. <laughs> 
So I went to Tasmania. Yes. I couldn't take my car with me, oh. so I hired a car. Oh. Yeah. We paid a little bit extra to get oh. one that I wanted. I was like, oh, golf. Ferrari? I- I've never driven a golf before. A VW Golf. Oh, okay. Yes. I've played golf with yes. a driver. Yes. I've used the driver. Yes. Yes. I can see the, the confusion on your face. I was driving a VW Golf. I, I No, I understood. I'm just waiting. What? Yes. And I've, and it's a really nice car. Oh. Like it had the, the car keys where you press the button. Are and they the, and sponsoring this episode somehow? Oh, look. Tell you what. Tell you what. <laughs> if VW wants to step up and give me a golf, I will just talk about VWs wow. in this podcast for a year. I see. That, 24 be... episodes, just me going banging on and on about VWs. <laughs> So, so that's how much I want to golf. So you liked it that much? I loved it. I had such a good experience with it. I've heard they're quite soulless, well engineered, not much fun. Oh, I quite liked it. Although apparently a massive amount of them have just been recalled. Yes, they are likely to kill you. Yeah, uh, and I think I might have had one on them actually. <laughs> the acceleration just stops. It. Uh, you're driving along a highway, and your acceleration just stops, and so it, you're in danger very quickly. Yeah. If someone's behind you, they end up. Well, they should be a little bit further back. They should. They should be they two, should be two whole and a half. Two and a half. Car two length. and a half seconds. Uh, Not uh, car lengths. No, sorry, God knows. Sorry, two and a half seconds. Yeah, two, two and a half seconds. Yes. So the back of the car goes across the line, and you go one cat and dog, two cat and dog, and then your car and then goes you over crash the into them. Because you should have really been breaking and not saying one cat and dog, two cat and dog. Don't do But that. you're always wary if a cat or a dog comes <laughs> out of <laughs> the are, street. You were all over that. Normally, yes. Yeah, well, yeah, that's how more dogs and cats die. Uh, I'm it. driving a Seeker from 1996. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and But now, uh, these ones had keys where you press the button and it goes bloop, bloop. Oh, yes. And uh, and you press another button on the key and the key swings out of the device and looks like a switchblade. You were so and, out of the loop with new cars. Yeah, and you, and you don't even... There's no winder on the window. You press a button, the window goes down. <laughs> really? If you, want, if, you really? Want, if you want the car to be warmer, if you want the car to be warmer, you, you actually <laughs> set the temperature. You boop, 24 degrees, and it, the car manages it all itself. It's you do brilliant. Know, you do know that I own a car. The car I bought recently, my Honda, Honda Veloster Turbo, it knows when I'm near it. And it unlocks the doors automatically. No, you don't even... And then you open the... And you sit in, and, it, and I just press a button that says start. It doesn't have a key. It just goes, yeah. Greg's in the car. I love Greg. I will now start. I've <laughs> seen your car. It's not even a car. It looks like a spaceship with wheels. It really that does. That put on the side it for really does. <laughs> but I was very excited, because this was a car that's been made in the last decade. <laughs> and My I... first car was a, was a 1976 <laughs> Volvo. <laughs> And everything is up from there, kids. <laughs> it was like driving a shop around. What are we talking about? Here? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Okay. So, sorry. I was getting to the science bit. Right. Oh, thank goodness. So, this was a bit that I was really quite excited with yeah. because in Tasmania, a bit rainy, mm. quite rainy, very rainy place. Mm. Mm. And sometimes it was very rainy. And so, I'd put the windscreen wipers on. They go, whit, 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 whit. And then sometimes it wasn't quite as rainy, and I put the windscreen, I clicked the, it down, and it'd go. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. But then there was another one between off and go back and forth, and it was auto figure out how much water's on the windscreen, and then and then wipe it off when it gets too it's thick. Like watching a guy, who, a guy who has been blind. And he just can see. He's like, Greg, Greg, this thing called the colour red. And you're like, really? You've never seen such a thing. And he races off. This thing's yellow. 
I was really quite charmed. <laughs> my car does the same thing. And it's good, isn't it? It is good. How does it work? Fun bag. Oh, I see. I think my guess would be, and I haven't actually thought of this, my guess would be that it's got to do with refraction of light because it would be light refracting inside and the, the water would change the refractive index of the light. And Is that right? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's fucking right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, there's a little late. Oh, yeah. You've ruined this one. Oh. I was really excited. <laughs> Sorry. Bring you some information. You're going, oh, I think I reckon I can figure that out in half a second. <laughs> Sorry. I have to look it up. <laughs> I'm doing a post-grad degree on... Oh, lardy <laughs> fucking dark. Well, it's all about telescopes and optics and light. And suddenly you go, well, I think I might ask Mr. He Knows A Lot About Optics about glass and light. Mm. So words like refractive index probably get thrown well, around I, a little. I thought it might have something to do with a, like some sort of capacitive a, resistance or something. Oh. And they did look into that, mm. but it was really hard to do. So what mm. they did is they figured out there's a little laser beam behind your rear view mirror mm. in the centre of the windscreen that sort of shoots infrared. out. Infrared. Infrared, yeah. yes. Yeah. Not bright blue, doesn't blind the police officers. <laughs> infrared, <laughs> and it shoots through the glass and then it hits the other side of the glass and it, it bounces back and there's a sense that goes, yep, that's a red circle. But when there's water on it, it gets all speckled like a like a sh- like shower glass or yes. foggy glass. Mm, mm. And so it doesn't respond with the same amount of luminous light. Mm. It sort of scatters it mm. and it figures out how much is scattering it and goes, oh, it's scattered too much. Send the wiper blades across, and then goes, yep, now it's nice and We're clean good. again. It freaked, when I saw my car do it the first time, it, I didn't know what it did. I had it on the setting, and suddenly my, my windscreen wiper just moved. And, went, and I, I thought I'd left it on. It was going earlier than I thought, early enough to be safe, but, but much earlier than I would normally switch it on. Because mm-hmm. you're like, well, I don't, it's just a dot. Calm down. But I didn't know what it was doing. And then I was like, oh, that's too weird. And then I thought it was an electrical fault or something had gone wrong with my new car. And then later on, it just did it again. <laughs> and, you're like, and, and then I'm timing it, going, wait, that took. 10 seconds and then wait that's two seconds and that was 15 seconds and then that was 20 seconds and that was one second what's going on there's no pattern and i'm scared and i'm driving a car in fear and i went and looked the manual i read the manual and it said hey, oh well i figured that out all by myself i didn't need to read the manual oh, there you go. you're much cleverer than me <laughs> i'm glad you're enjoying the new car experience it's very nice the new cars are very nice <laughs> the refractive index <laughs> i destroy all your fun i'm sorry but yes, you were saying it's it's an infrared beam. Yes, which means that you can't see it because yes. you're a human being. Mm. I, I don't know. I don't think anything can see infrared. It's just heat. Yeah, there are there are things that can um, see. But uh, mantis shrimps can see much further than the infrared. Oh, okay. And yeah, lots of animals can. Wow. Some animals can see ultraviolet. Yes, yeah, the other way. And they can, which is the other end of the spectrum. Yes. So they can actually see urine, <laughs> like kestrels hunt mice ah. and they fly around and then they can actually see uh, ultraviolet and go oh look these little animals are coming out of their burrow peeing and then going back into the burrow so they know to watch those spots because that's where the animals are coming out that's quite clever yeah so your car will know when an animal is peeing no oh. no 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 other end it's all the way down the bottom end of the <laughs> sorry your car's gonna know when animals are pooing then no 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 vomiting is that what you're trying to say your car knows when animals vomit but you can buy a camera Mm. An infrared camera that can look at infrared and see in infrared. Yes. And they did it when the building and pest guy came around. He had oh, one of them, yeah. looked at the walls and could see where all the All the semen was. No, oh, all the, so. no, 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 no. <laughs> where all the... Yeah, it's a new house. So. I mean, it comes around now. Don't. All the beams in the house actually retain heat a little bit oh, better. Oh, wow. Or don't. But, they, but they've got a different thermal inertia yes, yes. to... 
with the bits of wall without mm. beams behind them. So you look at the camera and you can see all the beams in the house. That's pretty cool. I saw on YouTube, it's very, very scary. It was not for the X-Bone, the Xbox One, but Xbox 360. And they the Kinect, and they put the Kinect out. And the Kinect puts out an infrared beam and lots of them, lots of dots. That's how it knows everything is, lots of dots. Ah. So you can't see it, but it's actually painting you in millions of little dots and tracking you with them. And they show that, they put a camera on us, an infrared camera, and they connect into the camera, and they switch it on. And you just suddenly, it, it, you realize how intrusive it is when it's, it's actually pointing lasers in your eyes in infrared. And all over the room, it's just covered in dots. And it, I, I like technology. I like the idea of being watched by your gaming console freaks me the hell out. Mainly, not because I think robots are going to kill us all, but because I know everything can be hacked. Everything can ah, be hacked. Ah, yes. So if, you're, if your Kinect is always on, which is the new Xbone, X, stop calling it Xbone, Xbox One. Uh, oh, I see what you're doing there. I, yes. I didn't come up with it, but I laughed a lot when I saw it. Xbone. It, it, it's always on. It's going to be an always on. I think it's going to always be on. I think that's what they're saying. And therefore, yeah. it can get hacked. It can listen to you. Um, you can go, Xbox now, One. They, they say that you can turn that off. Oh, good. But you turn it off with software. So, oh my goodness! So I think you just need to put a little hood over the top of it, like a bird cage, like you when, the, when oh, you want your yes. budgies to go to sleep. Yes, put the little thing over the top. I know people who do that with their cameras. So they put little handkerchiefs over their cameras all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you've got a camera pointing at you right now. What? Where? You've, you're holding your iPad in your hand, and it's got a it's got a little camera. Oh, that one. That one I know, but I thought you know you're threatening me or something. No, 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 no. No, 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 I wouldn't point out those cameras. Um, <laughs> but uh, the infrared cameras, what they are is they've, they've got a little sensor on the back of them mm. that detects really tiny heat changes because that's all infrared is, is heat information. Yes. And so it's like a little array of really sensitive thermometers. It right. shows you what the change is, not the ah. temperature. So it reads the change in temperature, not the actual temperature. Yes. And that gives it the image. So infrared cameras are actually really low resolution. Mm. But you can get quite you, high ones now, but they're really expensive. You're talking about thermo imaging? Yes. Yes, right. Yes. So they're really expensive. Mm. Mm. But yeah, so it's just an array of thermometers, basically. It's pretty clever. Yeah, it's pretty clever. The whole yeah, and I suppose that's where they work work out. They point the is it the Spitzer, Ooh, Spitzer Space Telescope. It's not the Chandra. That's the X ray one. The Spitzer Space Telescope is an infrared, and that's what it's doing. It's just looking up into the sky, and it's going, "Hey, Big Bang! Let's look at the heat from the start of the universe, kids." Yeah. And you get that. Yeah, it was funny. You were saying that the oh, Xbox right. sends right. out infrared, mm. and it sends it into your eyes. Mm. I was like, "Oh gosh," because I, I, I know that sometimes if the light's too strong, it could hurt your eye. Mm. I wonder if the infrared was too strong, whether it would hurt your eye, even though it's invisible. And I went, wait a second, I've just <laughs> explained to myself how to cook an eyeball, haven't I? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, the cosmic rays, that was one of the beautiful things Commander Hadfield pointed out, saying the difficulty sleeping, because you got in space, you've got to tie yourself to the wall and your hands float away. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is you get these lights in your eyes. So you're in pitch black and suddenly you get the streak of light. And they were trying to work out what these things were. Why is, 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 it, is it psychological? Is it physiological? What's going on? And they went, oh, it's, they're real. Is it neutrinos firing through the eyes? Gamma rays. Oh. <laughs> Leaving streaks through your eyeballs. So Jesus. it's actually, like, and you're like, that's not good. That's just not good. There's no good part of that. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, massive radiation. And you don't sleep very well, do no, you? No, no. So you, like, you'd be, if you were, because you, you want to travel to Mars, do. you'd be so sleep deprived. I just put, a, I just put my head in a big lead jar. Yeah, and after all of that gamma radiation, well, I wouldn't want to see you angry. I'm pretty proud of myself. Look what I did. What? I built this arch with my own hands. I put down the springers, built the frame, piled on the vasseurs, then added the keystone. Ta-da! Something else I'm naturally gifted at. 
did you just roll your eyes? What? No! You did! You just rolled your damn eyes at me! No, of course not! I was just looking at the arch! But your eyes... Followed the shape of the archway. I didn't roll them. No, don't, don't be silly. I think this is great. Oh. Oh, well, that's not all. Check this out. Ta-da! My goodness. I built this domed roof all by myself, too. I can't be stopped. I'm like some sort of genius architect. You did it again! I didn't! I was just looking at the shape of the dome! You rolled your fucking eyes at me. What's your fucking problem? Hey, hey! We're friends, Dan. I'd never roll my eyes at you. Oh, come on, let's take a breath and just enjoy the afternoon. Look, the sun's coming out. Oh, look, a rainbow. Did you just roll your eyes at me? What? Rainbow's not good enough for you humans? Ah! Here's a question. Why no, that was a statement. Here's a question coming up. Here's a question, dot, dot, ellipse, ellipse, ellipse. That's two more statements. Oh, Why does silver Correct, that was, silver? A, that was a question. Let me finish the question. Sorry. Why does silver look silver and gold look gold? Well, one is white and one's yellow. But why? That's a good question. You see, on the periodic table, silver and gold, silver's above gold on the periodic table. So they sit one underneath the other. All right, well, um... On the periodic table. Well, if, if something's white, yes. then you throw white light at it and it mm. bounces back every colour in the spectrum mm. at you. But with yellow, you throw something at it and that surface absorbs... What's the opposite of yellow? Blues. Um, blues? Hmm. Blue. Yeah, that sounds about right. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> it, it absorbs the blues and bounces back the yellow. Yes. Yeah. So I, I would imagine that whatever silver is made out of is white and reflective, and whatever gold is made out of is yellow and reflective. So it's absorbing the blue light. At least that's how I do it in a 3D graphics program. <laughs> well, the interesting point here is things that line up on the periodic table vertically have similar properties. That's why they, they're in, they are where they are. As they go along, they, they go horizontally, they're increasing in atomic mass, but vertically you put things into, like noble gases. Yep. So, so you They're know, all on one side? Well, yeah, and, and, they, and they, they don't react. No. They, they, they go, no, thank you, helium and all the rest. They don't react. So... On the other side, it's hydrogen. Not necessarily. Um, it doesn't make it more reactive. The reactive oh. metals are... Uh, oh, oh, actually, francium, they're actually down that side, yes. But yeah, so it doesn't always... But they, they have similar properties. So okay. silver is above, straight above gold on, on the periodic table. So similar properties. So, which means they, if they have similar properties, then they should look the same. They should put out the same amount of light. They should be very similar. They might have different melting points. Maybe gold has a higher melting point than silver, but they really should be kind of similar. Okay. But they're really not, are they? Silvering, you're not going to mistake silver for gold. Mm, well, uh, unless it's... No, just pure, not white gold or... No, no, white just, gold? No, no, no. Just talking silver about, gold. Just talking what about, about gold, silver? Gold, silver. So we have silver and gold. It, it comes down to... Relativity. I no, no, no. I'm pretty sure it's color. And, and that's what, well, yes, but the color comes down to relativity. So, silver, as you said, silver is silver because think of an electron, like the Rutherford uh, idea of the atom. So, yep. you have like a nucleus in the center, kind of like a planet going around a star. We'll, we'll use that. And when the energy flies on in, like a photon of light comes on in and it might excite the electron and the electron leaps further up and away, like goes into a higher orbit, and then it quickly jumps back down and fires off another photon back out. That's, that's how things radiate energy, right? Yes, okay. So yes. Einstein worked out that certain orbits require certain wavelengths of light. You could pump the most intense 
intense light of a certain wavelength and would do nothing at all, but one photon of a different of the right wavelength can actually make it emit a photon. So he worked this out. It was actually the most famous thing he ever worked out. Okay. Beyond everything else he ever did. That was the quantization of, of light was came from that idea. So silver. What happens is silver, when light comes towards it, it needs ultraviolet light to make the electron jump up and jump back down. Okay, so it's because that's how far the electron. Okay. And so therefore, it's technically absorbing ultraviolet light, but it's not absorbing any of the visible light spectrum. So if all the wavelengths of the visible light spectrum are coming back at you, what do you see? Reflection. You see what? A mirror. We see, no, 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 no. No, no, I don't mean, no, no, not, not cohesive, just the... The light, it's okay. different wavelengths. If you gotcha. all the wavelengths, Roy G. Biv, coming at your eyes. It's white. It's white. So silver is that's a white metal. Is that silvery white metal? That's, it's pumping back lots of light at you. Yes. Okay. Now gold should be exactly the same. Yeah. Gold should really be a silver color. It shouldn't. But relativity means no. Gold has a very dense nucleus, much more dense nucleus, because the core is much heavier in the gold. The inner electrons circle at 58% the speed of light. That's a fair clip. That's a fair clip. That's a fair clip. And now what do we know about things moving at the faster things go? The uh, they, get, they get more... They more to have more... They have more energy. They have lots of energy. Therefore? They are more dense. Yeah, they're, no, they're not they more dense. S- uh, more, more mass. More equivalent, mass? Equivalent of mass, yeah. yeah. So Because it's motion. It basically oh, right. becomes yes, of a, course. It becomes a heavier thing, technically. So... And, and it's, and it's actually. And does it slow down? No, no, it's only if it's accelerating, isn't it? It's um, well, technically, it's going in a circle, so it's always accelerating. It's oh, going in a circle, it's always accelerating. But that's a different question. Again, it's going into mass. So because it's going, it has greater mass. There's greater gravity between them. Basically, they'd be attracted by gravity more to each other, the core and the nucleus. So the electron orbitals are actually closer to the nucleus than in silver. They're pulled in. It's kind of like having a more massive planet next to the star. They have a closer... No, but that's like a, an ice skater, when their arms are out, they go slower, but when they tuck in, they go faster. Yeah, that's angular momentum. Yeah. So that's not really what we're talking about here. Sheet. We're just talking about the fact it's moving really, really, really fast. Yep. It's 58% of the speed of light. Its speed, it means it more energy. More energy equals, well, velocity, I should say. Uh, energy equals mass, equivalent mass, e equals mc squared. We, you know, we got that. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. With all the rest mass. So it's actually got a, its orbit is, is much closer to comparative to silver to the same electrons. So now once again we have light comes charging on in and where it was ultraviolet light before that was absorbed by mm-hmm. the, by the silver and then and then that's what made made photons off. This time because they're closer in and it's more massive, this time it absorbs blue light. So it's absorbing the blue light, more of the blue light. Now you said before, if you take the blue light out of all the colors of what do you get? What do you get, what do you get back? Yellow. In? You get a you get a yellowy reddish color. And what's gold? A yellowy reddish color. Ah. And that's why gold is is gold and silver looks silver. There you go. Relativity. And people said it would never matter. Every time you go to Fort Knox, that's why you're not staring at silver. So the electrons whizzing around the core, the nucleus, the nucleus. Yes. And it just keeps going around and around and around. Yes. Where's it? And it never slows down. This is a problem, and that's why the Rutherford model is not perfect, and we and is not actually what's going on inside that at all. Okay, so so the law of thermodynamics is not working. Technically, on it? technically, if that's the way electrons actually actually were moving around, if they were actually little ah. planets around a solar system, because it's accelerating at all times, things that accelerate would be giving off light, and it would always be radiating light, losing energy and spiraling in, and the negative electron would be crashing into the positive 
nucleus, or, or maybe the neutral nucleus, and, and it would everything would keep exploding. And all basically, the time. everything would explode. So that kind of that made everyone went, wait a minute, we the Rutherford model of the nucleus is not correct, and and then they moved on to other things, clouds of electrons. I'd like pee, to think pee. that for a moment they ran well, around screaming before going. Now, oh, actually, was that the ultraviolet catastrophe? Or have I just totally walked of shamed? There was a name for it. They everyone went, wait, this would radiate until the electron crashed into the nucleus, and then that would be bad for matter. <laughs> very very bad for matter. It's really exciting to work out why and why we think. An atom actually looks like the way it does now. But let's face it, it's not a planet circling a star. It's a very busy universe. <laughs> so, partner, you don't want to fight me? You don't want to draw your weapon here on this busy western street? What are you? Yella? Sasquatch or Bigfoot? Who is who? It's all going down at the cryptozoo. I'm already terrified. Are you yeller? Am I yeller? Are you a coward? Am I a coward? I don't think I'm a lover, not a fighter. That sounds like coward's words to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Then I stand by that, ladies and good-looking gentlemen. Because fear is the enemy. Fear is the mind killer, according to Frank Herbert. No, no, in no. June. Maybe. Yeah, he did. All right. Mm. Yes. Mm. And you know who looks out for yellow all the time? The Quizach Hararach. From June. That's the male Bene Gesserit. So I'm just absolutely throwing down. I, I hope Where are you getting these? How are you, what, why have you spent time memorizing these? I love June. The Quidditch Hararach, I think it's, I'm saying it right, and the Bene Gesserits. Basically, the Bene Gesserits, whether they use the power of the voice to command people, and they, the spice must flow, Dan. Don't you know June? How do you not know June? I watched the film. Oh, yeah. oh um, that's all right. And the miniseries wasn't too bad either, I thought. There was, there was a, a modern... cool giant interspace tadpole thing. No, it wasn't which... interspace. It was the, it was the sandworms. Yeah, it travelled between planets no, or something, it didn't. didn't it? Or people no, riding on its back. No, they rode on its back, but not through planets. They needed the spice so that the navigators, who were like horrific, uh, mutated people... Yeah, they're, they're could, those ones. ...could actually use this and then, and then move spaceships through space and time. Well, not through time, but you basically jump it. That's, void. that's what I said. No, you said tadpoles and some sort of flying... Yeah, he's some sort of weird flying tadpole he thing. He wasn't. He was a weird mutant in a, in a tank, but he wasn't a tadpole. It's been a long time. You're, anyway, Quizat Tadarach. I like saying that. Quizat Tadarach. Spice must flow. Anyway, you were saying something about... The color yellow. yellow. Yes. And fear. Yes. Sinestro uses fear uh, in DC Comics. Hal Jordan. Yeah! <laughs> you finally got there. Yes. The, the Green Lantern. And Sinestro, who used fear for the Sinestro Corps. Yeah. Now, mm. in Golden Age, Green Lantern... Yes. Wood was the enemy. Yes. Because they went, oh, well, all these people have wooden weapons, mm. so we need to create a loophole so that they can kill someone who, if they get the green ring and yes. go a bit crazy. Now that was in, Alan Scott, the original Green Lantern, wasn't Hal Jordan. That was his that's weakness. True. That's why I've got, I've said Hal Jordan. Uh, his yes. weakness, yellow, yellow. the yeah. color yellow, is built into the ring, baked into the wing, ring as a weakness by the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So they always had something to stop him. They got rid of it later. They realized how dumb it was because there's a lot of yellow. There's yellow stars. There's also yellowness and stupid all sorts of yellow. Yes. <sighs> how does it work? Willpower. Enough said. No, like <laughs> the ring. The, willpower. It turns. It turns what you think into, into light stuff. sources. Yeah, yeah. Into light forms. They can. If you go, I want a piranha. And a giant piranha turns up and eats things. But it's green. It's always a green piranha. Yeah. Mm. But mm. can't eat yellow stuff. No. Can't. Yeah, it doesn't choke or anything. It just. It's not affected. It vanishes through. Vanishes. It. Yes. Whoosh, like a ghost. Like ephemeral. it wasn't through it. It smashes right through. But if this thing is <laughs> blue, chomp. Yes. If this thing's red, chomp. 
why how how explain oh goodness me explain are we why? actually crypto zooing hal jordan's willpower ring the the that's the one the rings of oa the guardians rings why wow how is it that something <laughs> yellow right. could not be affected by something something in that band of the spectrum yes. could not be affected by something when everything else is okay let's get thinking mm, my brain Okay, wavelengths. Wavelengths. Let's go back to wavelengths. So you have red, orange, yellow, yeah. green, blue, indigo, and violet. Let's put them all in the visible spectrums. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. There is no indigo. That's No, there is. It's seven, a made-up There thing. are seven colors. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. Roy G. Biv. Indigo doesn't exist. <sighs> Otherwise, it's Roy G. Biv. It doesn't make any sense. It's Roy it's G. Biv. It's fine. Just say Roy G. Biv. No, it's Roy G. Biv. It's Mr. Biv. Roy G. Biv. <sighs> anyway, so red, orange, yellow... Green. They're next to each other. They're right on the spectrum. They're next to each other. Yep. So their wavelengths are very similar. Mm-hmm. Because red has a really fast wavelength, three doesn't it? To three to hundred nanometers to seven hundred and fifty. Maybe it's three fifty. Maybe it's four. Ah, it's in that area. I should know this. Three fifty nanometers and up to seven hundred and fifty nanometers, roughly, for the wavelengths of light. So visible wavelengths of light. So therefore, we can uh, six hundred. I think green is six. 600-ish. And it's all electromagnetic radiation. Yes. It's all light. It's just, yeah, yeah. yeah. So radio waves, it's just different. Well, it's all electromagnetic it's radiation. All exactly right, yes. And that can affect things, can't it? Oh, yeah, very much so. Like microwaves are electromagnetic radiation. Yes, and make water vibrate. They make water vibrate. Yeah. We established that last week. Polar. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly right. Last podcast. Yes. Polar flips back and forth and Wasn't heats the last up. podcast, podcast before last. Yep. Exactly right. So electromagnetism is one of the great forces of the universe. It's one of the yeah. one of the five That's pretty fundamental, powerful. five fundamental forces. Of course it is. But we're asking why does the yellow and the green now my guess would be because they're too close together. So to begin with I went, Oh, they cancel each other out. But no, I think that well, doesn't I, work. It doesn't really bother me that all his stuff is green. No, it's fine. What I'm confused at is how is it that it can affect green stuff and yes. it can affect blue stuff, but it doesn't affect yellow stuff it just passes right through it yes no no, no i understand that i understand that mm-hmm. so we're looking at wavelengths of light i'm gonna say it's because if it's a wavelength that's really different so it's a gamma ray or it's like a radio wave in the other of the direction yeah or even come back it's something red and he's firing a red laser at you or something like that the wavelengths are different enough so that they are going to destructively interfere so they destructively interfere and therefore they negate it. If you get a wavelength that goes, that's up, down, up, down, up, down, and you put it next to another wavelength that's down, up, down, up, down, up, oh. and you join them together, there's nothing left. Like uh, like stealth technology, like those stealth bombers, how they, in fact, better still, those noise-canceling noise he- headphones. Yes, there you go. That's exactly, that's destructive they, interference. They, they record the exact waveform you're hearing, flip it, invert, and yep. then send that information into your headphones, and it's... Nothing. You hear nothing because there's nothing there. There's nothing to hear. That's brilliant. So, like, that's brilliant. It is. It is <laughs> Whoever thought of that? I mean, oh, that's amazing. That, it seems like a theoretical thing where you're like, oh, I kind of understand can do that. It and then it does it and it works. But even better, get two speakers, put them a distance apart, two meters or so, play one tone. So you get a 200 hertz tone or something you can, well, a bit higher maybe, something you can hear, and just play them. And then walk around in front of the speaker, step back 10 meters and walk around. And you will hear it go, Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's destructively interfering and you can hear nothing, and sometimes it's constructively interfering and it sounds louder. You can do an experiment at home, but that's that's just a 
That's how sound and light will mix, okay? So destructive and, and, and um, constructive interference. And now you can see where I'm probably going with this. Mm-hmm. So if, if they, they're going to... The different wavelengths, which are very, very disparate wavelengths, are going to interfere destructively. The ring probably sets it up so it does interfere more destructively and it just cancels it out. So I don't know how it makes it solid. I'm not going to go there. Then you have the yellow. The yellow is right next to the green. Their wavelengths are very, very similar. So... Because the wavelengths are very, very similar, the yellow will constructively interfere most of the time by a certain percentage and actually increase the power of the... It'll actually blast through it because it'll be a bigger version of what it was before. So technically it means a green should actually be even better against another green, but this is not going to work perfectly well, I just realized, because green would be the best thing to attack the green lanterns with. But the yellow is (laughs) because it's going to constructively interfere but enough of it's going to get through. So they negate each other out, but the ring can't work out that last bit that's different, and that's what gets through and hits them. Does that make any sense? No. Because <laughs> uh, if the Green Lantern shoots like a beam, yes. at like a yellow banana, yes. nothing happens to the banana. Yes. So what you're saying is that the light energy from the from the beam is hitting the banana and being cancelled out by the wavelength of the banana. It's been, it, the light from it, it'll, from the surrounding universe is being absorbed. And you're getting, you see yellow because it's absorbing all the colours and yep. bounces yellow back. So when he shoots it with his green ring, so I was thinking more things attacking the green ring, but he's fine with it that way. So if he fires his green ring at the banana, the wavelengths are so similar, it just doesn't do much. Constructively interferes. Hang on. Yes. Or destructively interferes. And just cancels it and makes it no energy whatsoever. Oh, I'll like, oh, get around the way. Yes, you're right. Sorry. Yes. Yes. I mean, the, the, Hal Jordan yes. isn't susceptible to yellow stuff. He doesn't get poisoned by yellow. Ah. He just, the effect, his ring can't do it. But if you, if you hit it, if you get a, a baseball bat and paint it yellow, you can smash through his shield and go bash him in the head. Yeah, there. yeah. So it it's just destructive. passes straight So you're right. It's destructive yeah. interference. I don't know why I was saying destructive. You're right. So it's destructively interfering, and therefore it cancels out his, his green. That's brilliant. There you go. So I think the audience is probably going, rubbish. There's something, there's something wrong about that. Because if you think about the other colors then, if you go back to what I said at the start, what happens if someone hits him with a blue bat or a red bat and comes at him or he tries to shoot a red well, thing. Well, that energy can't, isn't the exact opposite to Well, yellow, yellow and green aren't exactly the opposite. They're constructive. No, it doesn't. They're about the same. That's the whole point. They're similar to each other. Their similarities constructively interferes. It's well, a, that, it doesn't matter whether it's green thing or... Oh, wait, actually, actually, wait, 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 wait. Oh, no, I can't. No, wait, that makes sense. I, I'm getting confused because I think they're very close. They're very close, but they're not exactly the same. And, no. And in nanometers, it's enough. All you have to do is have it out of phase, and suddenly it's destructively interfered. That's what out of phase is. That's yeah. Happened. So that's why if they're close, you're going to have half a wavelength each time, and that'll be destructively interfering. So the closer they become the more chance you have of getting destructive interference. Ah, and so the Guardians of Oa, what they do is they set it up so whenever that power is used, it always lines up with the wavelength of yellow. Yes. And, so and for- makes it no, no energy. That sounds like a plan. I like that. Oh, thank goodness. I'm on board. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> I ran into this really interesting idea. I, f- I found it online, and it, it turns out it was in one of the comic books years ago mm. as well. How does the Green Lantern use his powers to affect... A yellow thing, he flies away from them at 5,200 kilometres per second and red shifts so that then when he's doing that, the object is become turns orange right. as he goes away from it. And then he shoots it. And then he shoots it. <laughs> but then I'm, I got confused about relative, like yeah. relativity and stuff. Does that mean that when he flies away, he sees him 
blowing up a canary, but the canary sitting on the ground sees a green beam. It would shift. No, a, a, it would change colour. An, an orange beam comes. No, it wouldn't be an orange beam. Whatever it is, if, if it's red shifting, he's moving away, so it's red shifting. Well, they're both moving away from each other. No, no, they're not. Well, the frames of reference. You picture, so from the canary's they're, point of view, something's moving away from it. Yes. So, so basically, it's red shifting away. So it's going to go red, orange, yellow. So the green beam will turn yellow. Or it, the more he redshifts, so it'll go green, yeah. red, orange, orange, and go so down they're both red. redshifting from both the, the, from well, the, from each other's point, point of, view, of view. Yes, they're both getting further away from each other. Yes, that's right. So, the so they're both red, redshifting, but he's seeing the canary turn orange, and the canary would see his beam turn yellow. Yeah, his beam would be yellow as it crashed into the canary, and it would go, "I'm a yellow canary." Oh, I'm hit by a yellow beam, and still gets hit by a yellow beam. Yeah. But if he was looking at a a green. A, yes. a, a, like a budgie. Yes. And he flew away. It would turn yellow. So he'd fire the beam <laughs> and it wouldn't affect it from his point of reference. Yes. But the budgie would see a beam that was uh, so also the, uh, well, yeah, yellow. Yes. And, the, uh, and it would destroy it. So, so their their frames of reference would be totally different. One of them would be destroyed. In, in, yes. So he'd see it. It all depends. The if, budgie would be destroyed, but he'd see the budgie not destroyed. If he's... <laughs> I don't think it would work that way. But yes, you're right. It would affect the budgie. But the this is the point. What's the color of something? The color of something is the way it reflects light. So what it absorbs and what it doesn't absorb. So I, I don't know if backing up is a way of... <laughs> <laughs> boop, boop. Oh, no, he's beating us. Uh, I think it's probably... Yeah, it's a nice idea. Uh, not to show how I feel about it. Then, Almost like it was made up rubbish. Yeah. And then I th- thought of the idea of if you had a radio station that was broadcasting radio waves, mm. like they're really, really long. Uh, or really, really short. They're, they're, they're almost long as a two-meter wavelength. Very, very yeah. long wavelength. So they're very, very long. The gamma ray is very short, sorry. So very if you got short. a radio station and, and you threw it at someone <laughs> at just under the speed of light, <laughs> they'd actually see the radio signals as a color before mm. it hit them. Yes, that is... Po- yes, you could... Yes, that's right. Okay. A or B. A or B? A. Well, I very rarely get to give this good news, but your vision has corrected itself. What? Your vision is 2020. You no longer need glasses. What? No, I, I need them. No, you don't. You can go about your day without wearing them. Do the test again. I assure you, I did it. Do it again! Okay! Okay. A. Or B? B. Hmm. A. Or B? B. A. B. Okay. That's impossible. Are you trying to throw your eye exam? No. Wearing glasses when you don't need them can be very bad for you, Mr. Kent. Please, Mr. Kent is my father. Call me Clark. Clark, how about we replace these lenses with glass? You can keep the glasses, but not risk your vision. Why, thank you, Doctor. That would be... super. Who are you winking at? Walk of shame. Oh, here we are again. Time for us to pay the fiddler. Pay the... I almost said paint the fiddler. Paint the fiddler. And then back away from him so we can see him change hue. Yes. Creepy. Yes, I have one. For me. For me, you know the, the the amazing riddle last time. People really liked the riddle in the 
Not last oh, time. Oh yes, about the planet Earth and and the and finding a point where you can walk south, walk west, walk north, and then back in the same spot. That's not the North Pole. Yes. Now. The answer I gave was correct, but unfortunately, there were an, almost an infinite number of answers that could have been correct. Uh, at some point, a listener wrote in, in fact, quite a few listeners wrote in to say this, yeah. the closer you get to the South Pole, you just keep going round and around and around the South yes. Pole. Now, so, I, so, because I, I, I figured this one out. Yeah, right. Because if I'm a kilometre north mm. of... Of that point. Of that, the point where, when I get to it, mm. I can go an exact kilometre around yes. and then go back to that point, that's fine. But if I cut that distance in half, mm. I just walk around the planet twice. twice. Yes, exactly right. And if I make it a third of that, I just walk around the planet three times mm. and just get smaller and smaller circles every Te- single technically time. Technically infinite. You're spinning like and a And I said infinite really early on too. Yes. Now, I, realized, I went back and checked my notes. I went, wait, what did I say? And then I realized what I had not said was I'd written it down and I should have said that the answer, you cannot cross your own path. That, and that gets rid of that entire problem at that point i just forgot i'm sorry listeners not really yeah it does no no no. it doesn't really because you can't you're crossing your own path you go south and, and you go you go south, south and then you, then can you walk, walk around, around and you run and into you your path keep, and you stop you just keep walking around your own tracks no no but you're, you're crossing your own path well then but then you come south and you go around and then you go north and you're crossing your own path as well then you're walking along those same tracks to go north oh yeah boom Oh, well, you know what I'm trying to say here. Maybe I've got to walk just to the side of it. Yes. <laughs> but I think that's an interesting element that you've... Because, mm. I mean, you obviously thought of that yes. when you were making up, forgot to tell me. Yes. But it, it allowed everyone to go, wait a wait second. Wait a minute, yeah. More. Now, <laughs> a listener has been chatting to me. Jim Ellis mm-hmm. de- has been desperately trying to to solve this riddle in his own way as well. Ooh. And and we were having a bit of a discussion, and he came up with something that I'd mentioned, mm. which was maybe it's the magnetic pole and then you come <laughs> south and then go west and then back up to the north magnetic pole mm. but uh, that probably wasn't what you were getting no, at no 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 but then he mentioned something that made me think wait a second there is a way to do this mm. if you're using the magnetic pole yes. is you go south and then you go east and then you wait for the magnetic pole to orbit around the planet because oh, mag- it keeps moving, you doesn't just, it? If it doesn't go round the planet. It wobbles. Yeah, no, it wobbles path. around. Yeah, so, so you, it'd be hard to predict. You, you would have to, you'd have You'd have to wait, have to wait random, a very long time, a random time, for it to randomly line up just yes. at the right moment. Yes, but you could do it with the magnetic pole. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not proceed. It's not precession, though. It, it's just weirdly wobbling. And really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's getting weaker and it is moving south, I do believe, and but it's going—it's just getting weaker. Our poles are getting weaker, and there are other poles appearing, and because we're actually due for a pole changer, pole switch, pole switch. But yeah, that'll be fine. But that's interesting. Uh, but I just want to make sure everyone knows. Now, I did—I did forget. Isn't that going to be a big problem though? Uh, when the pole switch, like in the in the middle of it, aren't we going to be bombarded with gamma rays? Probably. We've had we've had every five thousand years we seem to have one, so we haven't seen a wipe thing up before. Oh, okay. But we haven't had electronics before, and it's going to take a long time, and it's not just going to happen like that. So you know, it's. It's slowly happening now, technically. Ah, right. Have we noticed? Not really. I wouldn't worry about it. The the um the giant space bees will get us first. Oh, yeah, so sorry about that. Hooray? I should have said that. Uh, should... <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. That's what our kid's going to find. So you shouldn't have crossed your own path. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. My fault. Sorry. In a recent episode, you mentioned that the US has no way to get stuff into space. Mm. Jeremy Baker pointed out. You mm. said, well, you have to rely on the Russians yes. and the Soyuz capsules. Yes. yes, that's what I thought. Uh, now, while this is true for human materials, the oh. US still has a robust satellite launch capability. Oh. And in fact, the next time the US sends something up is June 27th. A Pegasus XL rocket. 
to, to deploy an interface region imaging spectrograph from the mm. Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. Then another one in July 19th, an Atlas V from Cape Canaveral. And then in the summer, a Falcon 9 from California. Well, there you go. And they send heaps of stuff up. Just oh, not of course pe- they do. Just not people, I suppose. Yeah, They're sending satellites yes. and stuff up all the time. Good point, yeah. They don't need shuttles. They yeah. just stick them on the end of a giant exploding thing and whoosh, up yeah. they go. That's right. So are you right there? I should have said peoples. Oh, man. So, yeah, lots of mistakes for you. I know. Nothing for me. I'm trying to find where's the other one. Um, I'm pretty sweet. Um, I'm laughing. No, unfortunately, I've got a, I got a fantastic one by Sean sent in. A listener called Sean wrote in. He was livid. Livid at you, Dan. Oh, no. He was really... He, he wasn't just miffed. He was like... You were perpetuating. What, you were, what uh, pop culture quote, thing have I missed? Quote, unquote, perpetuating a scurrilous urban myth. Oh, you no. peddling your rubbish, Dan. That's what you've been doing. No, and it was I all do? about the Fantastic Four. The very important Fantastic Four talk. With Johnny Flame. Johnny Storm. He's the human torch. No, yeah. It's not any flame. That's, okay. that's something very different. And you said, Dan, yeah. Dan Beeston, yeah. you said that the human torch was replaced by a fun-loving by Herbie, robot. By Herbie, because people were worried that children would see that the human torch was on fire. They might douse themselves in petrol and light themselves up. Uh, Total scurrilous lie. Oh, what? Urban myth. Now, yes, Herbie did replace the Human Torch as a character in the Fantastic Four cartoon of that time, 1970-something cartoon. But it was because the Human Torch was already in another cartoon, the Spider-Man and Friends cartoon. He already was in another cartoon, and they thought it'd be weird to have him in two cartoons. He was already kind of taken out and put somewhere else. So he was being used in another cartoon, and so they replaced him in the Fantastic Four cartoon with Herbie because they didn't have him at that point. Point. Maybe the rights. I've looked it up again. I'm sorry, but there. God, I can't. There you go. But he was so angry. Like he was really. I can't angry. trust anything I read on the internet. It seems. <laughs> so don't worry. You can show your kids the Fantastic Four. No one's going to care about the Flaming Man and and light themselves on fire. Except for Republicans. They hate Flaming Men. <laughs> yep. Well, that's the walk of shame. If you f- find something in this podcast that I've made some sort of horrible error about, or Greg's made some sort of horrible error about... I do it all the time. Please do send one of us an email. Send the other one an email so that then we can surprise them with their <laughs> error in the podcast. Because it's not, it's not as much fun when I get an email saying that I'm wrong. What I want to get is an email that says that Greg's <laughs> wrong. Can I just share this? Um, Colin Moe in the forums connected up this image... And I think it should be the motto of the podcast, or at the very least, the motto for the walk of shame. Science. If you don't make mistakes, you're doing it wrong. If you don't correct those mistakes, you're doing it really wrong. If you can't accept that you're mistaken, you're not doing science at all. Oh, that's good. And it's anonymous, so we don't even have to pay someone to say it. Yeah. That makes me feel like we're doing something right. I hope so. Because we're wrong all the time. Yeah, and we accept it. Holy crap, are we wrong? We're like the opposite of infallible. <laughs> we're like uninfallible. <laughs> I really love it when people take really nerdy stuff, like scientific theory, yep. and try to do something cool with it, like a rap. It is always... Stupid <laughs> and funny. <laughs> like a, they're really setting themselves up for failure there. there. There is a gentleman who calls himself Coma Niddy on YouTube who has written 
a fantastic rap about the difference between theory and hypothesis. Oh, didn't we? Aren't we, we did. supposed to write a rap? We um, We have technically written a rap. We have. We just have not put it together yet. Yeah, it needs a little bit you more rapped finessing. You and I rapped, but we didn't rap together. No. I thought it was fine, but you wanted to do something different with it. I, we blame, need, we, I blame you. It needs some more It's coming, though, finessing, and but... it's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, oh, listen, it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's, it's up there. But this is not yep, this. When people find something nerdy yes. and then make it cool, we've done it. We've done it. We well, I was, show you. I was saying that that no, that it's always laughable. Yes, but we've done it. Oh, it's exactly. very cool. It's very so we'll compare it. We'll cut Comb and Diddy talking about theories and hypotheses. No skills, research, and entertainment. Theory versus hypothesis. You got the theory and the hypothesis. But have you ever wondered what the difference is? You got the theory and the hypothesis. But have you ever wondered what the difference is? Go! You hear it all the time. People tell you about their theories. Theory. But what they mean to say is that they have hypotheses. Hypotheses are the ideas that can be tested. You uh-huh. do it all the time. They're called educated guesses. Yes. Hypotheses are based on observations. Observation. And testing is done for further evaluation. evaluation. Evidence is gathered to disprove or support it. Support theories it. contain hypotheses that support them. Hypotheses are the ideas that people are working on, and theories are the explanations of phenomenons. Theories are precise, and theories define. Theories contain contributions of remarkable minds. The study of physics is pretty amazing. Explains the universe of mathematical equations. But luckily, you don't need a PhD to understand what string hypothesis means. That sounds weird, doesn't it? The theory of evolution explains life on our planet. Darwin. The theory of relativity explains motion and standing. Einstein. Some of these theories are extremely old, oh. but that doesn't mean that they're set in stone because uh-huh. theories are modifiable and rejectable. Yeah. If and only if new evidence is acceptable. Yeah. Science is cool and it's always changing. So the greatest tool ready for new information. I know best. it sounds cool, but now that we know what the difference is, instead of a theory, what you got is a hypothesis. I know it sounds cool, but now we know what the difference is. Instead of a theory, what you got is a hypothesis. Dark matter theory or hypothesis. Dark energy theory or hypothesis. Well, String theory theory or hypothesis. What do you think? I'll give you the hook so that you can think you of this. The theory and the hypothesis. Have you ever wondered what the difference is? You got the theory and the hypothesis. But have you ever wondered what the difference is? Go! Dark matter is a hypothesis. And that's because we don't have enough evidence. Yeah. Dark energy is a hypothesis. Yeah. And that's because we don't have enough evidence. Yeah. String theory is pretty tricky. Right. The math checks out, but we don't have enough evidence. Yeah. Relativity, it's a theory, y'all. y'all. It concisely explains a phenomenon. Oh. And gravity, it's a theory, y'all. It concisely he explains a phenomenon, but it's also a law. Uh-oh, looks like we have to write another song. So that was Mike Wilson, a.k.a. Comanity, Theory versus Hypothesis. I Hopefully now it's all worked out in your head. Yeah. Wow, that, that was one of the least cool things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> the only way is up, baby. Wow. Like, I've seen, I've seen just strings of numbers cooler than that <laughs> i thought it was good the way he explained it think what you're going to get otherwise was a rap about voltron you've just... been promising this for a long time and it, it, but it's not something to do with science you're right it's with voltron so i can't really bring it in i'm sorry all right i put in batman once and still feel bad about it i think that's one of the few that i've added to my collection actually <laughs> 
You have been listening to Dan at smartenough.org. Also, Greg at smartenough.org. On Twitter, we're at SE2KB. We're also on Facebook. Probably smart enough to know better. No, SE2KB. Oh, don't type in smart enough to know better. They confuse people on Facebook. Well, you could search for smart enough to know better. Right. Yeah, search for search anywhere for smart enough to know better. And you'll find us first. Go along to iTunes and search for smart enough to know better. We're, and leave a review. You should really leave a review. Because you know how much you're paying for this? Nothing! Deadly! Deadly squad! I mean, a bit of bandwidth. That's right, that's nothing. Oh, electricity? That's fine, but, that, but you pay that for it. You'd be paying it anyway. You'd download your cat porn or whatever you young people listen to nowadays. <laughs> and, and so you might as well go onto iTunes and tell them how much you like this podcast. We need more reviews. We just need more ratings, actually. Don't, if you don't want to write a review, like, I'm not writing a review. I'm not the sort of person who writes reviews. Fine, that's okay. I still love you. Just click on rating and go five. Boom. Kaboom. Go into our forums, have a chat about anything you've seen in this... Seen? It depends on how fast the podcast is coming at you or going away from you. You could watch the podcast if it was coming at you really, really fast. <laughs> oh, oh, I do have one last thing to say. We did a competition where uh, Dan in Japan wrote a really funny limerick about science that he won, and he won a copy of... Bioshock Infinite. And some Hello Kitty crap. Yeah. Space crap. Uh, my house has been flooded and everything that was on the floor no longer exists as sellable or usable stuff. Yeah? Guess where the Hello Kitty stuff was and Bioshock Infinite was? Up high? No, it was in a cardboard box because we were renovating isn't the it, house. Isn't it a DVD, though? It's. A, I think the Bioshock Infinite is going to be okay where the Hello Kitty crap is destroyed. Oh. So we will have to get in contact with Dan in Japan, and we're very sorry, but I've ruined your stuff. Fickle nature destroyed your stuff. We will do something to make it up to you, I promise. Possibly just calling him out on the podcast because he's so keen. <laughs> no, he's a good egg. I like him. He's a good egg. Oh, oh, oh. oh. And uh. if... Uh, and if you want to wish us a happy birthday... Oh, yes! Because the podcast has been going for three years three now. Three years! How many other podcasts do you know that go three years about science? We would love to hear from you. <laughs> if you go to the website, smartenough.org, in the show notes, we're going to have a link to the Smart Enough Year 3 survey. A survey. These are very important surveys. These are good information of what you like. So don't make podcast. shit up. That's right. <laughs> Last time someone made shit up. And we're the and funny went, people. Ha, ha, we're, we're, the, making, we're funny. Yeah. There's nothing creative. There's nothing creative about picking D over a C just because you think C is right and just then making stuff up at the end. That's very Someone true. filled out the pod the survey, they'd never listen to the podcast. Oh, that's pretty good. I just I just picked them at random. Blah blah blah. You're an idiot. Well you can't they won't You're hear it because they've never heard the enough. podcast. You're yelling at our listeners for someone who doesn't listen to the podcast. Damn it. It's, I'm just like one of those uh, piracy... DRMs. Th- th- yeah, those DRMA piracy things at the beginning oh, of DVDs. Yeah, yeah they go, don't pirate. You wouldn't steal a handbag. You wouldn't knock down a nun. You wouldn't blow up a car. They don't know me very well. I'd like to point this out. Those people, those piracy people, they don't know me. Yeah, I wouldn't have blown up... A, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have stolen all this stuff until someone turned me into a criminal. That's right. So, survey. Go to the survey. We will have it up for a couple, uh, quite a few podcasts so everyone gets a chance. Last time people said, we didn't even know it was up in time. I was confused and aroused. So this time, just be aroused and get the survey done. It will really help us because we know what you like about the podcast and what you don't like about the podcast and we can make year three. Year, year four. Year four. That's how years work. Year four and even better years. So please race in and do the survey. That would be great. Thank you very much. And we love you. Happy birthday to us. Oh, oh, wait, wait. What? Before we sing this, yeah. 
there is a court case against the people who own the rights to Happy Birthday. You know, you can't sing Happy Birthday. You can't do what I just did. Happy Birthday yep. to you. Yep. Happy Birthday I'll to you. I'll just leap it all out. Happy Birthday, dear Greg. Happy Birthday to... Oh, wait. Happy Birthday, dear Smart Enough to Better. You wouldn't steal a Happy, happy birthday, birthday song. Happy Birthday to you. There is a court case. They're saying that it doesn't belong to anyone. They have a lot of a body of evidence that doesn't actually belong to that Warner or whoever it is, and they've been stealing millions of dollars and lots of time. So I'm going to sing it. Happy Birthday. Day two, smart enough to know better. Happy birthday to smart enough to know better. Happy birthday to smart enough to know better. Happy birthday to smart enough to know better. Hip hip. Hooray! 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 Blow out your candles. Hitler. What about the good things he did? Beautiful paintings. <laughs> no, he didn't, supposedly. He was quite an average painter. Oh, they were pretty good. Better than I could do. Yeah. But he also subjugated the entire race of people better than I could, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when it comes to genocide, he's fucking top of the heap, isn't he? He's a Picasso of genocide. He's a Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really nervous. It's got 16 days to go. By the time you hear this, ladies and gentlemen, it will have seven or less days to go. It needs a million. You know that it comes out in two days, oh, this podcast. Oh, okay, wrong. Okay. All right. Your maths is all off. Oh, hang on. Hang on. No, no, don't. I'm not editing that oh, out. No, don't. Sorry. I'm just... No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make fun of your foolish mathematical ways, your inability to yes, keep, yes. take notice of the calendar. I try not to count it. It's all... Something that druids have been doing for 5,000 years. I don't think the druids were looking at the uh, Gregorian calendar. Well, not Gregorian calendar. What's they the used iCal. Oh, that's very good. Please edit that bit. You can put the funny things at the end. I know, I know. I okay. know how this thing works. Okay, fine. All right. That was a serious one. That was more I, serious. I right? can always tell because your voice changes later. No. Because <laughs> usually when you, when, when you just be, you're like, oh, don't put it. You're like, no. <laughs> he knows me. So he, he's grown accustomed to my face. You keep changing it. That's with the beard. That's a, it's a bit, I'm a bit beady at the moment. I got complimented. My no, beard, no, no. You're not a be beardy. You've grown yourself a beard. Yeah. It's a sculpted beard it's now. It's a sculpted beard. I, and it, it yeah. was... Someone who's got a bit beardy has just like gone to see. Oh, I see. Right, you've yes. you've actually got like yeah. The, yeah. the 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 full evil version of you going on. <laughs> That's, uh, does he? I mean, do I? Ooh. Temperature is just a measure of energy. I'm editing this Don't... bit out. It hurts my head too much. <laughs>